Welcome to the audio format of my podcast, Social Distancing the Church. I also post to YouTube, which includes video, as well as I split it up into two sections. So if you want, you can also check me out there. And so today I'm joined with a fun, exciting guest, so I'll introduce him now. Today I'm here with Corey Harrison. Is that correct on yeah, pronunciation perfect. yeah that's great <laughs> yeah and he is the online pastor at first alliance church in calgary and current reopening in calgary right now is stage two so there's no cap sizes on religious gatherings as long as distancing requirements are met and of course calgary has masks everywhere in public spaces and so yeah, well, just get into it and talk about what your role was like pre-COVID as an online pastor. What did you do before COVID? Because now it's easy to figure out, oh, that's why an online pastor is a thing. But pre-COVID, kind of, what was your role yeah. like? Yeah, so my my title was uh, Small Groups Associate. So I was involved in the Connect Ministry at FAC. Uh, so I worked with our small groups, mixed adult small groups, and uh, did some curriculum writing. And uh, we did a lot of sermon-based small groups. We also use Right Now Media, but kind of just had uh, the both options for our small groups. So uh, a lot of my my role in Connect is helping people get connected. Uh, so uh, that's kind of where I landed at the church. Uh, the online stuff was kind of like an offshoot. Uh, tech is a huge passion of mine, you know, growing up was into computers, uh, never went down the computer profession, but I mean, coming full circle, it's cool to see how God uses some of your passions, you know, in, in ministry life. So pre COVID-19 small groups associate, uh, online ministry looked like for us, uh, for the past, uh, two years, pre COVID-19, uh, we live streamed on our website, but we also, uh, live streamed on Facebook. Uh, it was uh, an easy kind of win for us to start live streaming our three services uh, and just start building uh, the online community uh, in that way. So we had a, a Facebook group uh, that was kind of just uh, a next step for people who are watching the live stream online, get connected into a Facebook group. Uh, and that kind of just existed pre pre COVID-19 to say the least so okay and so yeah that kind of tied in as well with my second question which was online infrastructure before which was primarily Facebook yeah uh so we yeah so we were on you know we had social media presence so Facebook uh YouTube Twitter Instagram LinkedIn uh, with varying degrees of involvement uh, on each of the platform, we are kind of operating out of what was what we are comfortable with. We have uh, someone on staff who is in charge of so- social media. Her name is Rosalind, and she was, you know, kind of took over Instagram for me. I was more comfortable on Facebook, so kind of uh, took over Facebook. But as far as yeah, so we kind of hit all the social media platforms that we thought were you know popular enough. Uh, but just live streaming was primarily to Facebook and uh, our website. And 
Do you know the reasoning on why you chose to live stream primarily to Facebook and website rather than YouTube? Uh, we started off with Facebook uh, because that was where most of our people were. Uh, and just listening to um, marketing experts, Facebook was like the number one platform. I mean, most people on the platform, I mean, YouTube, Facebook, they're all kind of up there, but with looking at our church and the kind of the demographic at our church, most people were on Facebook. So it was kind of a natural uh, kind of progression. Like you're on Facebook, so why not hop on church? So that's kind of, that's why we chose Facebook. And we had, uh, we got a device uh, called the Wowza Clearcaster that just allowed us to take our live stream and push it right to, to Facebook. So it's just the, the easiest uh, transition for us to get it up and going. Okay. And so as the situation developed, how did you approach not being able to meet in person? Yeah. Well, I mean, for us, it was, it was really cool to watch uh, the transition happen. Uh, I mean, as an online pastor, it was just, it was exciting to see uh, basically everyone from uh, we have three, well, we have three campuses. We have a Deerfoot campus, we have the Southwest campus and we have the online campus. So basically everyone from Deerfoot and Southwest campus moved on over to the online campus. And that's where, uh, they hung out, so to speak. So, uh, it was, it was, uh, you know, a difficult transition for people because it's like now everything is online. Uh, but it's like, we had a holding spot. People could come, uh, to the service. They can engage with us during the service and uh, like all that was at the online campus. So, um, yeah, so we, pretty much launched officially launched the campus the online campus in a couple of days so yeah so it was lots of change happening here at fac but all all good stuff for sure yeah and as i talked to odom on a previous episode it seemed like fac was positioning well for it in that shifting the mindset of the online campus as a campus yeah. so that helps you church once COVID hit yeah, and we were, so here at FAC, we do connect, grow, serve, share. And that's kind of our, our, our life commitments, building lives that honor God, offer Jesus. And so as the online campus, it's just really thinking through how are people connecting? How are people growing? How are people serving? And how are people sharing? So just kind of thinking through all that. And it was nice. It was nice to have, you know, the space where we were already doing those things on a smaller level. Uh, but I mean, post COVID, it kind of blew everything out of the water. So, yeah. And what are some strengths that you have been enjoying in an online format? Uh, strengths. Uh, one of the one of the strengths that I think going online and being online is the twenty four seven nature of online ministry so that's the that's the double-edged sword of uh you're always online and so like i mean how do you do ministry when you're always online i mean you can't i can't always be online but the the cool thing about online ministry is being able to connect with people all the time it's just like whenever someone has 
uh, a need or needs prayer, like they, they can actually get an instant response. And it's not always me that's responding. You know, it's, it's people praying for people. Uh, and it's people encouraging people and people sharing what God is doing in their lives. So I think that's kind of one of the biggest strengths is the, in my opinion, like the online opportunities are endless. And so, you know, how are we as, you know, churches utilizing what we're already doing, but then being able to connect with people online, to engage with people online, uh, because it's not just about broadcasting a service, it's engagement, right? It's being social with people. It's uh, being able to uh, connect with people. And I mean, I can share some stories if you want to hear. Like to me, these are the strengths of of online ministry, of just being able to connect with people uh, wherever they're at, like whenever. Uh, We, uh, I do something on Facebook Live just Wednesdays at noon, just scripture reading, prayer. It's super simple. Uh, And we had someone comment uh, you know, can Jesus give me food? Like that, that was like the legit comment was, can Jesus give me food? And I was like, absolutely. Like, you know, we can get you food. Uh, so this was, this happened at noon, uh, by one o'clock, she was at the church. We had mercy meals. So these prepackaged frozen meals, put them all in a box, you know, and got to sit with her, pray with, pray with her, uh, and basically send her on her way with some food. You know, and that relationship has continued to develop um, online uh, and and offline as well. It's kind of like it's a it's a both end. Uh, but the strength of being able to connect with someone at that that point in their life where they needed food uh, and just being able to just jump on it. Um, and then uh, I think the, the biggest thing is being able to uh, just to see uh ministry happen around me that I'm not actually like directly involved in. Like I mentioned earlier, people praying for people. I think that's just a, a really cool thing. Cause if someone is commenting, you know, they, they put a prayer request out at 1030. Well, so if you know me, I'm in bed probably by 10, I have two young kids, so I'm not up late in the night, uh, but other people are, and you wake up in the morning and you see some cool ministry that's happening. Um, online because it's always online uh, and we're creating space for people to connect uh, with each other. So uh, yeah, those are kind of a a few things uh, that happen. Um, Yeah. So kind of springboarding off of that, uh, what has your midweek engagement been like? Because that's a big thing people are finding in online is that people aren't willing to drive to the church for a Wednesday prayer meeting, but they're willing to do an online thing midweek. So what is your midweek engagement being like? Yeah, the midweek engagement has been pretty good. I would say like um, our best, so we have, so we have Monday mornings with our lead pastor. Uh, I go live Wednesday at noon and I, uh, I do some scripture reading and prayer, which is actually the same thing every week. Um, I know it's not really, creative but we we actually do that as a staff tuesday mornings as we gather together we read uh the same scripture and we pray together and i'm like well we do that here so i'm going to take it online so we do that online uh and then we have thursday thoughts at 9 a.m uh and then uh friday night worship uh so we just do facebook live worship uh and our 
uh, our music team has like just taken this and run with it. So we have uh, every Friday, just different uh, people leading worship. Uh, I mean, Odom's done it. You know, we've uh, our Dave club. We just, whoever, if you're a musician, you know, it could be just you playing the piano and singing or, you know, the family band, you know, on Friday night. And so they usually do that for about 30 minutes. So uh, those are kind of our uh, kind of mid midweek uh, engagement points that are that are live. Uh, I think we obviously engage with people throughout the week and different avenues, but that's kind of the main kind of some of our main driving uh, initiatives. Um, yeah, and I think that's like really interesting is like how much more you can do in an online because the barrier of entry is so low, right? Like people are willing to stumble across something online and be a part of the church midweek and it's less one-way communication as well on social media, but two-way. Yeah, oh, for sure. And I... I don't know. To me, like, this is the the new way of knocking on doors. I don't know. Most of the time, if people come at your door and they knock on your door, it's just like, you're like, what are you doing and why are you here? Right? Uh, I don't want you, what you're selling. Just, like, you know, just, just move on, right? Uh, but now, it's like, so you could be sitting on the toilet, flipping through your phone on Facebook, and boom, you are joining pastor Corey for some scripture reading and prayer. And I think that's kind of like <laughs> the funny thing about it is uh, you might not even be looking for us, but now we, you know, are with you in the bathroom, you know, and you're getting scripture or you're getting worship, you know, into your space and your atmosphere. Uh, so I think that's kind of, uh, kind of one of those cool, cool things about online ministry is, yeah, it's, it's so expansive and, you know, we're getting people, people are on their phones. I mean, you're, you're naive to think that people aren't on their phones or using their phones for some type of, uh, whether it is just Google maps or whatever it may be, but people are using their phones. And so like, why wouldn't we capitalize on that to do kingdom work? So, yeah. So how have you been getting engagement? Cause like sometimes people feel like, they're, they're wanting the church to engage online and comment and stuff. And sometimes it's just the same three or four people commenting. Yeah. Have you found anything to help boost more people commenting and stuff like that? Yeah. So we've, I mean, to get on the topic of services and stuff like that, uh, pre-COVID-19, um, I had a little spot right before the service started where I could talk to the camera and I could be like, no, thanks for joining us at FAC. If you're on Facebook, be sure to like, share, comment, you know, usually give us a wave emoji, say hello, let us know where you're tuning in from. Uh, it'd be great to connect with you week after week, after week, after week, S same script, encouraging people to like, share, comment, let us know that you're tuning in engaging engaging with them like that's that's what it's about so if i want you to say hello in the chat you know it's you're watching it so when you hear it you know it's easy for you to just be like oh okay i'll say hello joining from so-and-so right or so-and-so place you know and then in the chat we also pin a comment you know thanks for joining us at fac say hello in the chat right and it's it's one of those things where 
it takes time to for the chat to grow for for your if your church isn't used to online conversations uh it will take time for them to be comfortable saying hello in the chat uh and i mean we did facebook for two years you know and most of the time i would actually comment as our church page saying you know thanks you know thanks brandon for joining us great to have you with us and then post COVID 19 it was impossible so now we're just pinning comments and putting links in the chat for people for next steps. Uh, but Facebook allows me to actually be a host because I'm an editor of FAC Calgary, so I can get a host badge. And I personally can just, you know, thank people, say hello church, you know, and kind of share some of those moments as well. So uh, YouTube is a, we, we just started live streaming to YouTube. Uh, commenting at the beginning was very slow and it's, and it, it's slowly growing as people get familiar with the platform as they engage in the live chat and you start to see some some regulars. So I would say it's kind of like it's in our service. You know, we're we're asking for some touch points, you know, whether it's the host at the beginning, uh, the preacher, you know, uh, we had, you know, comments of, you know, they could be a, a simple like are you a dog or cat person? Cause somehow it related to the sermon. I don't really remember. Right. And people are like, Oh, dog, 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 cat. Oh, I love cats. Or, you know, and they're posting in the, in the chat. Uh, and, you know, just uh, we have this series we're doing is called wondering and we've had, we are interviewing people. So, you know, when I'm walking over to Laura Lee, I'm saying, make sure you give some Laura, give Laura Lee some love in the chat, say hello blah, 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 kind of those directives. And at the end, the directive is make sure you thank Laura Lee for sharing her story with us and share maybe how it impacted you. So people are chatting and sharing, you know, how her interview has impacted them. So it becomes just uh, kind of a conversation of, you know, I mean, Twitch live streamers do it best. Yeah right they do they do it best and i and i've taken a lot of my cues uh from them of just uh saying pre-covid 19 because i could actually keep a list of everyone uh who was commenting at the end of the service i could do shout outs uh you know thank you know brandon from saskatchewan for joining you know i could say thanks for tuning in um and kind of interact with people in that way so yeah those are kind of some of the few few ways in which we were engaging people like all all across yeah i think another thing you kind of alluded to is using rather than using the church's page or account using your own so that you have like a name to it because people don't like corporate entities on the internet but they're totally yeah. fine with people so not using the church's account it's something simple but i think that would be quite beneficial yeah and it's it's like yeah i i agree like we do we do post some simple directives from fac calgary uh on facebook um but on youtube it's myself we use church online platform if you're fam familiar with life church craig rochelle so we use the church online platform uh for our website uh so my name is there my picture is there you know people see me uh, and they know that Pastor Corey is praying with them. 
uh, or oftentimes in the chat, I'm like, if you want to know more about following Jesus, send me an email, you know, see Harrison at facgalgary.com and let's chat more. Or if I, if I happen to use our FAC Calgary, you know, sending messages, because you can, I think it's the cool thing about Facebook Live is I can direct message uh, people who comment and I could say, hey, I, I noticed that, that like you said this, uh, here's the next step, you know, dash Pastor Corey, you know, so they know who's actually sending the message rather than it's like FAC Calgary sending the message. So. I, I think because my church, it's purely on YouTube. Um, and I think the idea of Facebook where you can just send it private messages that seems like a fantastic idea because then you could be like oh I can connect just with this person and so I'm now wondering how do I apply that at my church because like there's people who will like reach out and it's like how do you handle that in a public chat yeah well that's that is yeah which is why I love uh the church online platform um because for me, like chatting is everything, you know, I, if it's, it's the conversation. I mean, that's what we do um, at church after a weekend service. We're chatting with people, you know, we're hearing their story. We're, we're responding to what they're saying to us. So uh, being able to chat, being able to chat was actually one of my priorities uh, for like, okay, we're live streaming. Then how do we, how do we chat with people? which is why Facebook Live for us was just really easy to, to get involved in. Uh, and then Church Online platform for me was just like, it's gold. It's like people can chat, you can private chat, you have hosts, you know, your pictures, like everything about it is just uh, so beneficial for me as an online campus pastor to, uh, to engage with people because we had one lady, you know, recently who was just like, I've decided to follow Jesus. Okay, what do you do with that as a pastor? Do you like it and say, that's awesome, right? No, I, I want to do anything I can to connect with her. And I'm so grateful that I was able to message her, you know, and this happened within the span of 20 minutes. I'm just like, that's so awesome. We're so excited. You know, here's a next step. We're actually doing alpha online here's the registration link. We'd love for you to check it out. Cause it, you know, questions about faith and you know, yada, yada, yada. 20 minutes later, she's like, this is so awesome. Thank you. I signed up. And I'm like, like I was so giddy, you know, and my wife was like, what, what's going on over there? But I was just like, so happy that she, you know, followed through that she made the decision to go to alpha. And I see her on YouTube you know, just chatting and she's still around. Um, yeah. I mean, that's just one cool story of just being able to chat with someone, engage with them. So, yeah. Um, so what do you see as the future of technology in worship going forward? Uh, because there's, this has been a time of further reliance on tech in our worship services and life in general. Once the restrictions have ceased, how do you predict the church will negotiate this relationship with technology? Yeah, hopefully, like, hopefully we'll be able to uh, just find the balance, I guess. Um, I mean, for me, like I shop on Amazon, but I also go to Safeway or, you know, Sobeys or whatever your grocery store is. Like I still go pick, 
pick things up. So it, like, it's a, a both end. Um, for me, like, I think you just realize just uh, like the scope of people and where they're at and their journeys with Jesus. Uh, I, I love online ministry because there's a lot of like fringe people um, and people are a little bit more open and honest and kind of straight to the point with their, their needs or kind of what's going on in their life. Um, but I also like as far as connect goes, like I, I want people to connect to a local body. I want people to connect into smaller groups. I want people to connect with God and with each other, uh, in, in real life. But I know that's not the case for everyone. Like that's, that's ideal. It's ideal that someone would, you know, find our church and check us out online and then come to the church and, you know, kind of whatever your process is. Uh, but we have someone with an autoimmune disorder and she's been attending the online campus for the past two years. And she probably won't ever actually come into our building, but she's still a part of our community. So I think just realizing the range of, of people that you can connect with. And uh, I love the online campus because I, I just feel like it's, it is the, you know, into all the world, you know, and preaching the good news to everyone. Like that's, that's what's happening. And we get to interact with, with everyone, people who are uh, from different cultures and countries and uh, get, get to have conversations about Jesus with them. So, yeah. Yeah. Moving on into more of the theology section of this. As an online pastor, how have you been building an online church and how would you define an online church? Uh, so, I mean, I just took what, what we were doing here at FAC, uh, you know, building lives that honor God, offer all Jesus, connect, grow, serve, share. So I use those, those, that kind of framework for, that's our church here at FAC. We would say someone is thriving uh, if they are connected, if they're growing, if they're serving, uh, if they're sharing. And so I think that uh, for me just kind of translates over, uh, you know, into uh, doing church online. Uh, you know, you're, you have community and it's, and it's online. And it's relationships that are online. You know, it's it's the great commandment and great commission, all that stuff, you know, happening online. Uh, and so I think, you know, f for me, just being able to, uh, to take kind of what we do at FAC in our community uh, and engage with, with the church online, with people online, with the community uh, and help help disciple people, help them take uh, whatever, whatever step uh, in their journey of faith that they're on to, to help them with, with that, with that next step. So uh, yeah, I don't know if that answers it enough or if you're looking for something more. I, I think it does just kind of you're taking the mission statement of FAC and yeah. being like, Hey, this also works in an online manner, right? It's yeah. just kind of moving the mission statement. And yeah, that's a smart yeah, approach. And, well, that's the thing is like, we don't actually have to like recreate anything um, 
for our churches to do online ministry. I've seen um, some really great like local churches here, uh, rural churches, uh, just take online ministry. Uh, Linden Alliance Church, uh, Drumheller Alliance Church, you know, they're just taking what they have and doing online ministry uh, and connecting with people. Like they're not, they're not like, you know, First Alliance Church in Calgary, Alberta, mega church, right? They're just, they're just pastors who are using what they have uh, and just doing what they can to connect with people online uh, and reach people that they never would have reached. Like I just, I, in Drumheller, like he was sharing about, he was just he connected with, uh, there's a Wiccan population in Drumheller. And they, one of the ladies tuned in online and, you know, was able to, to connect uh, with this Wiccan that would have never happened before. So like they wouldn't have entered the building because that's not their religious practice and they're just not going to enter in. So being able to connect in that way is just, yeah, it's pretty cool. Like being able, how you do church and then really just thinking through how does that translate online? So, I mean, it helps to have someone who's techie to be able to help make those transitions. Um, but I think there's enough people in your church that probably would would be willing to help uh, you kind of make some of those transitions. So, yeah. And like, while you just have to take what you do online, I find you also have to slightly modify it. Um, so you can't just copy and paste your service order and be like, this is online now because some things kind of fall flat online. But yeah. like, to some extent, yeah, it, it doesn't take much to get online. No, it doesn't. And it's like, like not that you just want to put up your phone and put it online. But I mean, like, if that's all you have, I don't know, like, like, like start somewhere like there, or do a little bit of research, you know, and finding a, a camera that you could set up and plug in and, you know, have it, have it framed nicely. I mean, you know, I've seen one church that, you know, it's not the, not the best, but I mean, again, at least he's doing something. <clears throat> and one thing that I, I think a lot of pastors are are scared about putting themselves online, you know, because it, it is a risk, right? You are putting it out there. But I'm like, don't we want the message that we're saying to be out there? Yeah. Like, like do you want that message to go out there? And my... Like, absolutely. And uh, I think we often forget, like we get intimidated by like larger churches or, you know, they're following, you know, Andy Stanley or whatever, Craig Rochelle, name your favorite preacher, right? And uh, it's like, well, I don't compare it to that person. It's Well, that's true, right? We, we can't step into the comparison game because I am not Andy Stanley, but I am Corey. And people at FAC Calgary know Corey. People at FAC Calgary know James Payton. So they will tune in and watch our services because this is this is their community. And so when you live stream, when you're going online and you're just trying to get started, I think people, you know, they will be gracious. I mean, especially when COVID hit, 
church, like people were super gracious as people are trying to get online, but they get to see you. They get to see your face and they get to see your face, you know, multiple times throughout the week, you know, if you take advantage of that, but also like rather than not doing, you know, a service or they, you can't meet in person, but at least they can still tune in and watch for whatever reason, if they can't come in uh, to the building, they could still be a part. And that's where it becomes a little bit of the both end. Like I was saying, like you shop at Amazon, you shop at Safeway. And I know there is this, consumeristic mentality that we're fighting uh but the fact is like you know you're gonna watch church at home or maybe you're out camping right and you you flip on the service because it's church and you get and you get to take it in church so no you're no longer you know in the summer you're no longer two or one out of four weekends now you're three out of four four out of four because you, you go camping on the weekend, but you can still make church a part of your camping experience for you and your family. So I think that's kind of uh, just some of the, the ways in which, yeah, online ministry is just, yeah, anyone can step into it at their church, kind of wherever they're at. And it's like, I, you will you will start seeing fruit for sure. And kind of going on the camping thing, uh, Westgate here, we're on a hybrid service, we're online, we're in person, uh, just because with the restrictions and the size of our building, we can. And um, there's people who they camp pretty much every weekend in the summer and they don't attend normally, but they're like, yeah, I click on the live stream each week. And it's like, this is a person we wouldn't have reached. And it's people who are heavily connected to the church but they go camping almost the entire summer. Now we're having them in service via our live stream. Right? Yeah, it's, right. There's kind of a lot of churches. It's like you have the infrastructure set up now. You now need to figure out how can you continue doing it as people start entering the doors again. Yeah. Okay. And my next question um, how do you approach communion as an online church? Um, online services are not are something that FAC plans on continuing doing. So, how do you approach online communion as you need a more permanent solution? Yeah, I mean, whether you agree with this or not, this is kind of what we've done here at FAC um, because again, we've been live streaming for two years. So if you're watching from home, you know, we're at the beginning of the service, we're just saying, hey, this is a communion service. Uh, we'd love for you to grab some juice and crackers uh, and partake in the elements with us, you know, later in the service. So I think it's just a little bit more self-directed for people uh, to, to make sure that they have the elements ready or if communion's about to happen, you know, maybe you're, you're reminded to go grab the elements and partake with us so it's like there's like you know whether you're sitting here you know at the church in the building or you're sitting at home like for us it was easy to 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 replicate replicate communion because you're you're still partaking you know together or i mean or with your family right you're just you're still being able to to do that so it's just been a few directives we've done. 
we did a standalone communion service, which was kind of just like more directed. It wasn't live. It was more kind of like we posted it and people could take communion, you know, in their homes or whoever they're with. Um, yeah. So that's kind of just kind of where we're at with communion. So how do you, now there's so many arguments for and against, um, how do you make peace with the one body aspect of communion? Cause that's a big part that churches pull on is we are one body and in an in-person church, it's really easy to see that everybody's in the same room. So how do you kind of deal with that in an online service? Yeah. I mean, I mean, we're, we're connecting now, like we're, we're together. And I think you, you know, with the online service, you assume that people are watching and that we are gathering together online at this specific time. So we're separated by walls and distance, but, you know, I would say we are still, you know, connected and still taking in whatever is happening via live stream. So, I mean, I think community can happen online. If you disagree, then, I mean, you probably, maybe you're not watching this, but maybe you are. (laughs) So it's tough to say. And another cool approach I've seen in an online community is uh, Bryce Ashramera, Westlife Alliance in Calgary. Their approach is focusing on preparing the elements. Is there like the disciples prepared the Last Supper? Now you, the congregation, as disciples, you get to prepare. And so I thought when I heard him talk about that, I was like, that is a very interesting approach that I haven't heard a single church do. And so I was like, it's been the one approach that's really stuck with me. So I'm like, that's a great idea. And so they send it out like a week in advance and be like, maybe you should break bread from scratch and stuff like that and really make it into something. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like we, I mean, we don't kind of frame it in that way, but we usually like give people a heads up, you know, of like what's coming up. I guess we don't frame it as in, in that way, but yeah, it's, it is, it is tricky obviously, but I think to not do it, I don't know, to not bring attention to it to me is like, I don't the the worst like what like why wouldn't we just bring attention to it and realize that we are separated uh but real like that we can still be together uh even if it's digitally i mean like if you think about zoom right like you're just you have a small group online and you have people connecting online uh, or connecting via chat like so there there is there is relationship that's happening you know and i would say maybe if you just live stream and you're just like unsure of it then but i mean like there's community happening there there is gathering that is happening online on the weekend here at fac so i have i have no problem saying to people let's let's do this together and kind of going off of that how do you maintain community in an online environment because that's a big thing churches are yeah. kind of struggling with right now is community in an online setting like churches are yeah. trying a virtual for and it flops sometimes so like how does fac approach community yeah and like like i've already said like it's not 
like there's going to be you know cons or or issues with online community it by no means is the perfect uh method and i would never say online only for our ministry like there are ministries that are online only or church online only so those those do exist um but yeah so as far as like kind of maintaining community and building community um i i think being able to sorry your question was can you say it again uh how do you maintain community yeah maintaining community yeah so uh one thing that uh we do here uh we do i think we do our weekend service very well so one one aspect of maintaining community uh and kind of just building community is around the weekend service uh so oftentimes like people will join the same service uh that they attended pre-covid 19 so if you're a saturday nighter then you're watching saturday night and um so what i've noticed is uh in the chat you will actually get the same people uh that are joining in the chat for the same service uh so when when i can communicate to andy and edna uh every sunday at 11 15 you know i'm building relationship with them I'm, I'm talking with them you know we're talking about the service and i'm saying like you know see you next week you know because i'm i'm expecting them to come back you know next week and to engage you know with me next week uh when i'm talking to people on facebook it's like see, you know, see you next week you know for the service so uh there's lots of like conversation that happens around each particular service so when i'm asking people to volunteer as a chat host uh, my first question is what service do you attend because i would love for you to chat host at uh, at that service uh, and to engage with the people that are that are at that service so um so kind of the weekend service for me like the chat part is huge uh, but then kind of with with sustaining that community is just always offering people that next step. So if you're watching on Facebook, you know, the next step might be to join uh, a Facebook group or it might be to, you know, we just started doing Zoom after the service, uh, Zoom meetings, or uh, it might be Alpha's online. So join Alpha uh, and just trying to, to continually kind of move people wherever they're at to that next step to funnel them down into community. Uh, and um, the Facebook group, to me, the Facebook group was a game changer. Like, absolutely. It was, it was like our place for people to gather, uh, place for people to chat, uh, place for people to connect. Uh, so uh, that for our community of just people being able to share uh, prayer requests, uh, people being able to share, you know, whatever YouTube song that was inspiring to them, uh, whatever article, you know, they've enjoyed reading. Uh, and so, and kind of a mixture of just, you know, icebreakers and just, yeah. So seeing community develop and engagement happen in the Facebook group as well. Um, yeah, I think that was, that was a game changer. In my opinion, I I really wish every church had a Facebook group. Not that not that everyone is on Facebook, uh, but uh, Facebook groups are a thing. Like 
we live in the, the neighborhood of Copperfield and there's a Copperfield discussion group, right? There's a lot of those neighborhood groups that are, that are formed and that exist on Facebook. And so for churches to, to utilize a Facebook group uh, is seriously such a simple way uh, to, to connect with people, to let them know what's going on uh, throughout the week. And it's so easy to populate, like putting links or telling people to join the Facebook group. And then like, we, we saw our Facebook group, like just skyrocket with uh, people joining. So. Um, so you mentioned chat host. What is that? Yeah. So a chat host is, uh, someone who, uh, welcomes people to the chat, uh, someone who helps with discussion, uh, and depending on the platform, uh, if you're on the church online, the chat platform, there's a live prayer feature. So at any time during the service, someone cl could click live prayer and they get a one-on-one -on -one prayer with a chat host, uh, in a separate room. Uh, so that person would obviously pray with them. Uh, with whatever whatever that may be. So uh, that's kind of the, the main premise of, of a chat host is just uh, being, you know, just talking online. Because sometimes, like, and I'll be honest, sometimes, you know, it's mainly me. You know, uh, chat, uh, this is kind of how chat works. So, like, you usually get a lot of chat at the beginning of a service uh, with people saying hello, they're, they're tuning in, and chat kind of dies down, which is actually okay because they're probably full screen, you know, they're watching the service, they might not be engaging in chat, uh, but then at the end, people come back and they will share their comments uh, on the service. So you're kind of just kind of carrying everyone uh, through um, uh, the service. So that's kind of what a, what a chat host is in a nutshell. That's like a really interesting having it as a designated position because right now at Westgate, we have our lead pastor who he's in his 60s and he's on his phone and he's interacting with the chat as he can. And then whoever is streaming, they'll try and interact. And then our worship leader, like between songs, she might interact. But like having somebody designated in there interacting. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, because we, we were able to rebroadcast as live. So we actually record at four o'clock and then rebroadcast for our, our services live. So uh, our lead pastor uh, generally join. It's like Jen, he generally joins me in the chat. Um, but when I like, when I think about equipping saints for the work of the ministry, like I actually don't want a bunch of staff being chat hosts. You know, this is a great, this is a great serve opportunity for someone who is welcoming, you know, someone who understands chat, language a little bit and uh and someone who can you know pray for people uh with whatever is going on so um yeah so i mean it's great i feel like you know for for staff pastors to join because i mean there's like i like i've been saying like it's it's the it's a one especially for a weekend service if you have chat it's right now with covid it's like the one time that you can interact with people you know, if, if you're not in the Facebook group or if you're not doing anything else, the weekend service is a time uh, where you can connect with people. Like, I don't know if, if you're, if your chat isn't too busy, like, 
my strong recommendation is that you engage with every single person who comments that you are, you are, you are commenting, you're replying, you're taking their name. Um, and if you see any kind of, you know, opportunity for, for a next step that you're sending them a message that you're engaging with that person. Uh, Cause it's like, you know, I, some, a pastor was like, so someone messaged me and, you know, a, you know, about something, what do I do? And so well, like, what would you do if they sent you an email? What would you do if they called you? You know, somehow, cause it's a message online. It's like a little bit more far removed. No, like you're, you're going to interact with them. You're going to talk with them uh, because it's this wonderful opportunity that's right in front of you. So, you know, why wouldn't you engage with them? Um, moving on uh, during COVID, it is a good time to cite changes in churches as it can be justified for optimizations for online services. Um, so like some churches are getting rid of stuff that they were thinking of getting rid of and then they're like, hey, doesn't work on online service and then they'll cut it and then they'll never return to it. Um, is there changes that have been made during COVID that you want to continue going forward? Or, yeah. and is there changes that have been made that you want to reverse once in-person services resume? So I, I mean, I really appreciate our design team who design our services and we, uh, even before COVID we've engaged the online crowd. One, uh, one change that we did and it wasn't a drastic one, but it was just short shortening our services to an hour. Um, I mean, I heard, I mean, some churches, you know, tried 45 minutes or, you know, they're cutting everything out or, you know, they're re rejigging the whole thing. And my, my philosophy was um, why change, you know, when so many things are changing in our world, why change the service right now, so to speak, uh, because people, people are like craving for some type of normalcy in, in their, in their worlds. So why go ahead and change what FAC what, what is feels like FAC. So our online services before were our services. So we kept doing our services for the online campus. So we, we added, you know, so we had an online host and an in-house host. So right now we only have an online host. We don't have an in-house host. So, you know, when we go back, like, yes, I think we can bring back the online host and an in-house host you know, especially like kind of the pre and post, like being able to talk to people. Like I miss being able to like do shout outs and, you know, thanks for joining us live and kind of all those things, but we can't uh, do that anymore. Um, uh, but it's like, you know, we still do our worship set, you know, we still, you know, the preaching, you know, we've shortened it to 30 minutes, you know, and so we kept it, I don't know. So we kept everything pretty much the same, uh, but we just gave a lot more thought into uh, camera angles, framing, uh, you know, looking at cameras, you know, when you're preaching, it's like when you're preaching to an audience, it's like this, you know, and then you might glance at a camera and then you, you know, you're preaching to your audience. Well, now it's this, right? Like you're like, you're just, 
you're giving it to the camera because this is your audience, right? That you're connecting with, uh, rather than, you know, trying to like when I don't know. I'm sure you've seen the the pictures of people setting up fake people in chairs. You know, just like you're preaching to the, your your audience. Well, that's not your audience, yeah. right? They're it's fake. No one's there, right? That's not your audience. So why wouldn't you take advantage of being able to be like, you know, like God loves you. Not God loves Mr. Paperman over here, right? God loves you uh, and being able to, to connect with people in that way. So um, for me, like post COVID, whenever that happens, you know, it's going to be um, hopefully back to kind of how we were doing it, which was like, you do have an in-house audience, but then you have, some online audience that is also watching. So you're going to, you know, talk to them as well, you know, just kind of, you're being aware of who the audience is and realizing that a huge, huge part of your audience is online now. Yeah. And like, it's very, when I was doing Ambrose travels, we were just online. We were just in a very small room and it was just like me, a music person and then Terry Ford, a chaplain. And I, I was doing all the tech and so my board soundboard was off center from the camera and I had to keep on telling Terry preach to the camera don't preach to me because that's we were in such a small space that he was looking way off the camera and it's like you got to learn to preach to a camera and to talk to a camera and it is a skill I know it's so different it's so funny because it's like you know because I graduated from Ambrose and it's like you know, obviously it's a different time. You set up the camera to record, right? But you're you're preaching to everyone in the room. Uh, and now, you know, you, you're not preaching to anyone in the room. And even more difficult is you have no feedback, right? It's dead air, you know? I and mean, you might, maybe you have a few people in there that might give a chuckle, uh, but you're, you're giving your heart out and you're trusting, you know, that God's going to do what he's going to do that you have put in the work to prepare the message, to deliver it. You put in the effort and the Holy Spirit's going to do the rest of his, of, of his work. So it's, it is a different skill, but I think most people post COVID have <laughs> been thrown into, hopefully at least they're willing to learn that skill of, uh, you know, preaching to the camera. Yeah. Cause like even myself, like as I'm recording this, I have to like consciously think, don't look at the screen, look at the camera. Don't be off here staring at my audio monitoring. Look at the camera and it just, yeah, it's awkward at first talking to a camera and preaching to a camera. Yeah, it is. I'm, yeah, we, we've been recording our small group videos. So we've been doing short five minute videos. So, I mean, I've been grief, grateful for that. Like I've been in a studio room staring at a camera you know, preaching to our small groups, so to speak, you know, for five minutes to at least get used to lights and cameras and, you know, audio equipment, right? Because it's just like, it's it's just such a, you know, a, a different world uh, to be a part of. And it's like, even here at FAC, it's just like, we we definitely feel more like a, a, a film studio, right? Uh, of just the recording equipment and just atmosphere with chords and and lights and you know you're trying to trying to create you know a, a video experience so 
Um, so kind of my last question here is how is FAC approaching reopening? Um, because the church is divided where half of the people want to rush back into the building and get in there as quick as they can be and think the church should have never been closed in the first place. And then there's the other half who think it's way too early and don't want to go in. So how is FAC approaching that tension? In yeah, well, it's not even 50-50. It's 30% of people say they're ready to come back. And so, and of those 30%, those are your committed folk that are, that are ready to come back. And then who knows if the experience is anything that they even want. Maybe you get a better online experience. So you're like, yeah, you know what? This wasn't, yeah, maybe I'm not, not ready, ready for this. So uh, we're moving forward online campus where we are saying that the online campus is still our largest campus uh with with viewership uh so that's going to be we're still going to continue doing our our service kind of pre-recorded service at four o'clock and then uh we are going to have a modified service that we are not live streaming uh for the deerfoot and southwest campus uh, that's going to have some of the same uh you know elements uh but uh, just modified for restrictions and and space and and all that kind of stuff. So, and that's all like that's all our tentative plan, right? And it's like, I mean, we all we all know things could change like that. But um, you know, going forward until we can kind of get a little bit more of a rhythm, we're kind of splitting them up and doing online campus, our Deerfoot, and then Southwest. So. Yeah, it's very much the empty room. Like, I know Ambrose at times, there'll be people who get annoyed because we do our chapel in the gym and there's the chairs in the center and then there's all that empty space and people are like, it's depressing seeing that empty space and being like, I want this room to be filled. And you think about it, it's going to be much worse when people go into sanctuaries as big as like FACs where they're used to seeing it filled and then it's a third. I know it's gonna yeah it's gonna be like really interesting to see how people respond in that way. I mean we're gonna do our best to give you know obviously the best experience we can uh, for people on the weekend um, but I mean there are there are churches and I'm sure you've heard of them uh, that are choosing not to open till January because they don't feel like they can offer a good, you know, in-house experience. And then you have, I mean, it's just so interesting, the spectrum, right, of churches that literally go right back to normal, you know, kind of not really listening to some of the guidelines uh, and, you know, to churches who are like, wow, we're not meeting again because, you know, we just don't feel like we can do it safely. So Yeah, because like yeah. even Westgate, where the only... Alliance Church open in Saskatoon so far and we even waited a bit so that the restrictions ceased enough that we could get a bigger chunk of our congregation in if they wanted. We didn't want to be like oh only half the church can show up so you have to email the church. That's just awkward. 
So yeah. Westgate, they waited a bit and they were still the first aligned church in Saskatoon of like, I think there's four that is currently open. Yeah. And so, yeah. 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 We're definitely not the first uh, church to open. We've, I think because of our size, the last thing we want is a, like having a breakout. So we're, we're making sure uh, we can do everything we can. And here in Calgary, they just uh, beginning of August mandated masks uh, inside. Uh, so for pub- public spaces and we're treating our space as public space. Uh, so masks will now be mandatory. And I think, you know, we've, we have a good space that we can make sure people are socially distanced. But like you said, Hey, like it's just how awkward or how, like, how does that feel to be so like separated? But you know what people, people are craving uh, community obviously. So at least I feel like, I think if, if that's what people can get, I think maybe there is just like a little bit of comfort of, being back in your home church, you know, there is familiar, you're, you're, you're familiar with the building and space. It's, it looks a little different. Uh, processes are a little bit different, flows different. Um, but just like being able to s- s- visually see people, um, I think will be just a huge win for the people that are, that do feel safe and ready to come back. Okay. That's all I have prepared. Is there anything else you want to add on as a closing statement or anything? No, I just think, you know, here as the, as the church, we have an opportunity to go into all the world. This is, this is, this is what online ministry is about. It's about spreading the message, the, the hope, the good news of Jesus, uh, the peace that he brings uh, to the world. Uh, so, like let's let's do this like let's 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 get in there and let's try things and you know fail but like you know let's let's keep on doing uh his kingdom work and let's let's get the word out there so it's my closing thought okay thank you for joining me Corey. thanks brandon appreciate it thank you again Corey, for joining me on this episode it's been a ton of fun having you on and i learned a lot and i also want to thank you listeners who have joined me on this audio platform and i'm also on as i mentioned at the start on youtube and also on instagram as well at pod theology and so they all share more behind the scenes stuff and so yeah i recommend you check me out on those platforms as well And thank you for joining me.